You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. The delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw, the runner breaks to the plate, here's the throw, wow. he is out, the buck goes win. That ball's in well to left center field, back toward the track. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go Bucks! Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Starbucks with your host, Anthony DiNardo and Jim Rosati. I, of course, am Anthony DiNardo. What's up, Jim? What's going on? Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Uh, we are officially one seven more days till opening day. How about them apples? That's pretty sweet. It is pretty yeah, sweet. Yeah, been waiting for that for been waiting for that for a while now. I know, right? Like I just feel the crazy off you know, actually the crazy season we had last year was all shortened, right? Then the off season felt like it took forever. Because the Pirates don't do anything, right? They made the like, the Josh Bell trade on Thanksgiving. Wait, Christmas, Christmas Eve. That's right. Not even Thanksgiving. I think it was, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So it's like finally spring was here. Finally, baseball was here, and now we're just a week from the regular season. The Cubs at two twenty p.m. I can't wait. No, that's it, uh, it is finally coming upon us um yeah i guess next week when we do this it'll be the day before it'll be opening day eve i know right like we'll have like probably a very very i don't even know i mean the the way charrington and shelton work we're not really sure i mean this is like the first actual real season they've had so i'm not even sure if we're gonna really know when we're talking next week who's actually officially made the club or not but I think we have a really, really good speculation of who. We might have to talk about a little bit today, who we think we're go- we'll be making the club and such. But, um, yeah, so there's that. So I'm excited about that. I'm also excited that my, my new Mac should be here tomorrow. And if not, I'm revolting against Apple. <laughs> yeah, you ordered that, what, like two weeks ago? Yeah, unfortunately. And like this is the earliest I could get here. So I should have ordered it four weeks ago if I knew that. Man, that's crazy. I know, right? But regardless, think, that's just my personal wins that I'm happy for. Not that anyone else yeah. is listening cares. <laughs> yeah, no one cares you got a new computer. <laughs> Although maybe it'll help with the timing of starting these on time. I heard it will. Yes. By my by me having the new Mac, I heard that we will start on time now. <laughs> All right. No That's more affects everybody. No more texts from like, "Hey Jim, I just need a few more minutes," and you're like, "Yeah, me too." <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I mean, I guess since we're starting off late too, we probably should get into it a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, so, like as mentioned, obviously we're a week away, which means we've had a solid three weeks of spring training, um, where you know most players are getting some decent play time here, decent evaluation. Um, you know, I figure we can get into a little bit of, you know, we, we know who's standing out. Obviously, the middle infield is standing out, which is crazy to think about. You know, I felt it would be the opposite. We'd be talking about the corners right now. 
but still, Kevin Newman, Adam Frazier, I think they're like number two and three in, in spring training as far as like OPS. I don't really understand how someone could be much higher. I mean, Kevin Newman's batting 700. Insane. How messed up is that? 14 for 20. He's 14 for 20. I mean, that's a that's a pretty crazy stretch right there. Right. And still, to this day, not a strikeout. You know, I mean, we've talked about the bat-the-ball yeah. skills with Kevin Newman, right? The contact he makes. He's certainly been making contact. He's not striking out five walks as well. Uh, I, so, so, again, I guess to talk a little more about Kevin Newman, right? And I just want to emphasize this. You know, we, we keep talking. We keep hearing, you know, it's spring, it's spring, it's spring. And I get that. Like, I'm on board with that, too. Like, I, you shouldn't look too deep into a lot of the spring numbers, right? Like, when someone's batting 700, you don't just say, well, this guy is going to be MVP breakout season coming. I mean, yeah, you say it in jest and have fun with it, maybe, like Polanco. Mm-hmm. But, like, with Kevin Newman, him batting 700, you know, I, I don't think it's like you just guarantee an ultimate that you look at this and say, well, Kevin Newman's going to have a great year. He's hitting 700. Because also on top of that, too, like if you've seen a lot of his hits, they I mean, they've been hit hard, I guess, to Kevin Newman's degree. But a lot of them mm-hmm. are like, you know, grounders up the middle where like, it could have been caught in the regular season, you know. So, so like not every hit has looked like amazing for Kevin Newman. But he is batting 700, not a strikeout. The thing that I've always talked about, though, is, you know, like with spring training numbers, I know numbers don't truly matter. You know, pitchers are throwing, you know, fastball after fastball after fastball sometimes just to work on things, you know, or curveball after curveball just work on things. But the thing about Kevin Newman, which I always say and get back to, is when there's a fundamental change, that's what I'm intrigued about stuff. You were one of the first to point it out, you know, his first at bat. And it's kind of been the talk around spring, you know, Kevin Newman changing his stance, his hands are lower, everything. And with this fundamental change, now we're seeing Kevin Newman bat 700. To me, I mean, sure, he might not be the batting champion, but I am more of a believer in Kevin Newman's skill set going into this year because of that change that, you know, he might have a very solid season. And there it comes from for the people listening yeah. to just the podcast <laughs> and you can hear the hesitancy in Jim's face. Uh, you could also see it on the stream. It's um, again, it's one of those things where you would rather see him do this than the opposite. Right. Um, I still don't know. Like I, my opinion hasn't changed much on Kevin Newman, the player over eight spring training games. Um, it's seven, seven really good games, obviously. Um, but I like the fact that he's not striking out. I like the fact that he's drawing walks. So those are all good things. Um, I don't know if any of this actually translates. I do agree with you that like anytime there's actually a change that is intriguing. Um, but this is just, I'm, it's just too small of a sample size to get like super worked up about it. Um, so I don't know. I'll I'll be a little more interested to see where we're at like a month into the regular season somewhere like that. Um, but and, I, and I'm definitely fair. I'm definitely he's definitely piqued my interest a little bit. So let's let's I'll, I'll say that. Um, you know I, I'm I'm he's he's got me watching. That's for sure. Okay, that's fair. And you know what? I'm just, yeah. Just because yeah. I feel like. Maybe we're looking at the same spring training stats. 
Um, I think these are actually as of yesterday. So there should be three more hits. I believe he's actually 17 for 24 now. The only reason I'm okay. saying that is because we're going to get the Ad Frazier. Ad Frazier has yeah. zero home runs listed here. So I don't think this has updated yesterday's numbers yet. But anyways, I mean, still, like, it's, it doesn't change. I mean, we're not talking one game now. You know, you're a believer. Yeah. But, um, I, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, I, I don't feel because of these, we'll say, nine games now, right, eight really good games, that Kevin Newman is going to be the batting champ this year. Like, I understand that. But that has been a skill set of his. Last year was terrible. This year he's changed some things, and so far we're seeing success with it. Um, that, you know, I, I am encouraged. Like you said, I, and I'm with you too. Like if he goes into this year and he ends up batting 250, I wouldn't be completely shocked. I'd be disappointed, but not shocked. Um, but like, I, you know, seeing this fundamental change and seeing what the results are right now, albeit in spring, I am encouraged going to this season that maybe he has found success. Maybe he's gotten back to, you know, where he needs to be and such. Also, Jim, I mean, let's be real. All he has to do is he could drop 400 points on that batting average, and he's batting 300 still. <laughs> you know? I mean, think that's, about that's that. That's true. <laughs> I'm that's just true. joking here. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kevin Newman is just – he is just seeing – this looks like a beach ball to him. And then we'll go to Adam Frazier, who came into camp late because – well, not camp, but started games late because of injuries. Also, hitting the crap out of the ball. Um so, yeah, I guess I can't go on the actual average. Let's pull up another thing here. But he was batting 556. Think about Adam Frazier. Like, not only was he doing the same thing as far as making contact, you know, just one strikeout so far, but Adam Frazier is dripping with power, Jim. <laughs> this is this is different here. So the four doubles, two triples, the home run yesterday, albeit I get wind-aided. I get it. But – we're talking seven extra base hits already for Adam Frazier. Anything to that? Yeah. No. I mean, you, you'd like to see it. Um, I, I think Frazier is a little bit more intriguing than Newman in that, you know, he has shown a little bit more consistency, right? I mean, Adam Frazier, his first four years in the majors, hit – you know, either above average or like right at average, um, all four years. So he, he's, he's, a, he's a decent hitter. Um, and, and like I said, when he's on, he can be an above average hitter. I mean, in 2018, he had a 118 OPS, uh, OPS plus. So, um, he, he's someone who I think has shown it a little bit more consistently than Newman. So again, these numbers are great to see. I'm not expecting anybody to hit 500, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> sure. but, but Frazier's numbers are a little bit um, – I, I like to see that because last year was a struggle for him. That was really the first time he really struggled um, for, you know, in his career when it came to hitting. Yeah. Um, that was that was his worst year. Um, so, I mean, yeah, hopefully he has a nice bounce back year. He can go back to being that average to above average hitting um, second baseman. And, you know, that that could be an interesting option for other teams um you know if, if they're looking for somebody to add at the deadline you, know, you you add somebody who's an everyday second baseman who can who can hit then you're you're talking about an interesting an interesting piece sure and and i, I guess 
so I guess to correct one thing, Kevin Newman didn't play yesterday, so his numbers do stay the same, albeit the numbers weren't updated. Yeah, so Adam Frazier is batting 586 on the year, not 556 anymore. Um, I, I guess so. Let me take this a little differently, and this is coming from one of the biggest Adams, you know, Adam Frazier supporters out there, North Shore Nine. Um, so, like to me, Adam Frazier has actually been more inconsistent. And the reason I say that is, you know, like I guess consistency for for the seasons year over year. You know, when you look at his way to run created plus, um, his first full season, 97, 116, 97, and of course 80 last year, which was terrible, right? Throw it out the window. But like, I feel like during in season is like where the consistency is inconsistencies are. You know, it was it'll be like he'll have a great two month stretch where he's just hitting the ball well, hitting it everywhere, and then he looks terrible and lost for a bit. Um, and that's why I look at this as maybe like, maybe he's going to head into the season pretty hot. You know, right now he looks like he's seen the ball very well. Maybe this is the start of his streak where he's like really hot. He's going to have a really good April, maybe a really good May. And then that's the time for the Pirates to capitalize, to go and trade him. Like it couldn't work out perfect. Like I'm with you too. Last year was terrible. <sighs> I mean, the, the meme has always said it. He can hit, you know, that's been like his tool. The defense was never really there, albeit it came, and he's like a gold glove guy now, right? Right, yeah. So the defense came now. Um, you know, he's never been the guy for power. I look at the spring power numbers as just spring power numbers as well. You know, I, I don't think anything's going to change with his game. He's probably going to go in there being just like he normally is, you know, a high, decently high average, um, decent, you know, on base skills. And that I just kind of look at this again, like maybe he's looking, he's coming in rejuvenated. After that bad season, he's seen the ball well. He's hitting the ball well. And hopefully, for like these first two months, he will produce very well enough to like gain some actual trade value. And the Pirates get something for him. But I, I guess, like to me, just to kind of you know go on this tangent even further, like to me, he kind of is just what he is. Like I kind of I, – I, I, I know what Adam Frazier is for the most part. If he does it for a full season, that will be great. You know, and he can, you know, hit, but the same sense, like I'm not looking for Adam Frazier to go into this season and have like an 808 runs created plus again, but I'm probably not looking for like to have a 120 or, you know, anything better for Kevin Newman. It's like, yeah. you know what? Maybe the book's still out on him. Maybe he can come into this season and produce a little bit close to his rookie year. Maybe he can be a decent hitter at least. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's fair. Um, I, I think Kevin Newman can be a guy who, is right around an average hitter thanks to his his ability to make contact essentially. Um I don't know. I think Frazier has like a I mean we saw it, I mean like I said 116 Wade runs created plus in 2018. I think he can tap into that. Um I mean I think he could potentially be that guy. Um so I yeah, I mean I, I think this is his last year as a pirate, right? I think most of us probably uh, agree there. That's a very fair assumption, yeah. So again, it's gonna. It's nice to see that he's hot right now, and if he can continue that into the season and keep it up, and you know, next thing you know, it's June, July, and and he's sitting there with some pretty decent numbers. That that would be ideal for the Pirates. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um. And, and I guess again, like the other one, just stands out. You know, Eric Gonzalez is having. A pretty decent season. So let's go there. I mean, we know Kevin Newman and Adam Frazier are making the club, right? Uh, Eric Gonzalez. He's probably a lock to make the club as well. 
at this point. Fair? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. And and just to go down that list too, as we're talking about, I mean, obviously Newman and Frazier making the club, Gonzalez is making the club. I mean, is Cole Tucker going to be in AAA? I just don't see a spot for him here. I don't either. I, I kind of I don't know if you can carry another another backup middle infielder, you know. So, I mean, right now I would say no. Yeah, barring I'm, I'm with some you. kind of injury, even, yeah. even the fact that he can air quotes play outfield, you know, like he did it last year and such. Mm-hmm. Like this club isn't good. It's not where there's so much talent on this team that he can't crack it. I mean, part of it is just like there. Well, there's not much talent showing from him to crack it yet. Mm-hmm. But also on top of that too, is this like you, you got guys that you, you still want to see, you know, in play, right. You know, like Al, you're not going to not have Alfred and Goodwin or whatever in the outfield for Cole Tucker at this point in time, you know, or Fowler. Like I want to see those guys. And the fact that, you know, mm-hmm. he does, Cole Tucker does have options. I think, you know, you are going to utilize those. Um, Moran, Obviously a lock. Obviously, Brian Hayes, obviously yeah. a lock. Todd Frazier, got to make a decision on him. Is he making this club? I think he is. Just um, as that backup. I think they're going to do a, a platoon at first is just kind of what what's going to happen there. So, yeah, I think he makes it. I do too. Uh, you know, with him, I, I, don't, I don't think he's really battling too many people. Like, I feel like it's mm-hmm. almost a lock. It doesn't even matter, like, what the spring does. Yeah, because I don't think, like, I don't think it's coming down to where it's, like, Todd Frazier or Philip or Evans. Greg. I mean, maybe. I, so, Evans is the one that intrigues me. Like, he he may be that last guy or he may be the first guy out. Um, I'll have to look at kind of just construction of a roster, you know, mm-hmm. Um because Evans is someone who can play multiple positions. So that is, that's nice to see. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd like to see him make the club just because of how well he played in his limited time in 2020. Right. So like, I don't know. Is that legit? I, I, I don't know. Um, but he can play really all over the field and play right field and play left field and play third second first you know so he's a versatile guy i think he could be somewhat useful true yeah and i just kind of look at this too like i mean that's all true and that, that'll get you a spot on a club you know but at the same time i, I feel like the pirates are going to play a lot of the options games you know and he's one of them like phil yeah. evans has an option they're going to utilize right. it I, I would much rather i feel like this team would be better off with todd frazier on it than Philip Evans. Um, not trying to have some Philip Evans slander right now because in those, <laughs> what, 11 games he had last year, they were fantastic. But yeah. if we're going to say we're talking about spring in this short sample, then you have to say it over 2020 numbers. And those 2020 numbers are even more shortened because it was just 11 games for him. So, yeah, like those 11 games were, of course, super fun when there was a team that was terrible and Philip Evans was exciting. But I don't know if i truly believe like philip evans is this great player so to me he has the options yeah. put him down there todd frazier is a veteran he's going to help some guys out in this club um and honestly like i would if i'm going to bet money i'm going to bet money that todd frazier has a better season than philip evans yeah regardless i would agree 
So, you know, even if his Todd Frazier spring numbers right now isn't perfect, he's still a, a solid player. You know, he's on if he's doing do the platoon, like you mentioned, he's gonna be on the right side of his platoon side. So I can see him producing well enough, you know, to be on the club in that role. And again, have that veteran presence because this club doesn't have too many. You know, like you joke, like Kevin Stallings really is like the vet and Yeah. You know. Well, if you're, <laughs> if you're going by age, yeah. I mean, I guess you could say like Frazier, Polanco, they've got they've got a decent amount of service time compared to the rest of the the uh the offense but, true but do you also yeah, want I, polanco being that guy right <laughs> um i think philip evans uh, like if it, if it does come down to fraser or evans right then i i it's gonna be fraser um i just don't know if it's if, i don't know if that's the battle though like i don't I, I feel like evans could squeeze in as like a fourth outfielder like a fourth or fifth outfield option so so that's Someone, intriguing you know? So let's get to that, I guess. Because also the catcher thing to me is pretty much locked up, I feel. Like it's probably going to be, I mean, obviously Stallings, Walters, right? Well, then again, um, you know, Perez is actually on the 40 man, right? So my bad. Is Perez the guy actually, just that's... because of that? And then Walters isn't because he's on a minor league deal. I don't know. So, um, cause I mean, I, I think Walter Walters would have to be added to the 40 man. So it's, it's going to come down to it's just probably like what's be available there. There's no depth you know? either a catcher. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. I bet you that that happens. It's going to be Perez and stash Walters for the, for the time being at least. Yeah, and I don't know if Walter's contract has like an opt out or, or what, but I mean, if he's not good enough to be the backup catcher on the Pirates, he's probably <laughs> probably struggling to find a job, you know. Regardless, but no, I, I think, um, yeah, I think that that's one where I said, is this going to come down to roster construction? You know, do do they DFA a reliever so that they can add Tony Walters? I don't know. You know, right. Well, and that's what I say. So let's get to the outfield then, because you mentioned maybe a fourth outfielder. So we know obviously Polanco is making it. We know Reynolds is making it. Um, I mean, just last week, you know, we we're talking about two weeks into it. Anthony Alford is going to be a lock, right? They have Brian Goodwin on the team who they signed. They also have uh, Fowler, you know, who they picked up, who Fowler, I believe, is. Uh, I just lost it. How many options does he have options left? Where are you at, Fowler? Let's see. Um, Fowler. Because he was, was he, he was traded for, right? Like that was a cash for Fowler deal, right? Yes. Um, He has no options. Okay. So, and that's what I thought. So like, when it comes to the outfield, right? And you talked about um, Evans possibly is that fourth outfielder. I feel like that puts him in a tight spot too because Fowler, yeah. I think like Fowler and Goodwin are probably going to make the club because of the options game. This is the deals, obviously. But then like Anthony Alford is going to make the club too because of that. Like, I don't know. I don't think like Philip Evans makes this club because of that too. Because even though like they were talking about mm-hmm. these three people, Alford, Goodwin, and Fowler 
they are not really good players. You know, like I get like this isn't like, you know, Philip Evans can't make the team because we have some really, really good players ahead of them. It's just the game that we're playing. Like we're in this rebuild. Is Philip Evans really the future? I doubt it. But could Anthony Alford potentially have something there? Could Fowler potentially have something there? You know, like those are the guys I'd, I'd rather see get that. You know, if Evans mm-hmm. has the options, keep him down there. Like to me, I feel like Goodwin and Fowler might really make this team right now. Yeah. And I mean, looking at it that way, um, like I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're DFAing Fowler. They're not DFAing Good. Like Goodwin is, Goodwin is a lock for this team. Right. Um, and he, he was actually their only major league deal, wasn't he? <laughs> that, that's so. Um, yeah, so good one. Good one's Besides gonna make the club. Cahill now. Cahill, right? Um, yeah. So I, yeah, looking at it that way, Evans probably gets squeezed out. Yeah, Evans is probably like that twenty seventh guy. Now that we're looking at it, that's that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, that's probably what yeah. it is. And and again, like it's no, it's no big knock on. Well, it kind of is. I mean, it kind of really is a knock on Evans because this is a terrible team. You know, with <laughs> with some guys that are pretty bad, so I get it. But you know, yeah, when you're, I mean, it's not as if he's any worse off than a lot of these players. I'll put it that way. It just comes mm-hmm. down to the options game and like really what you're looking forward probably to the future and such. Um, I think we know the locks on the starting pitching. Obviously, I think a lot comes down to Stephen Brawl if he's healthy. But we know it's Keller. We know it's Cole. Cahill has been told. Well, I'm gonna say told, but. Shelton pretty much has said that they expect Cahill to make the opening day roster, and we know he's going to be a starter. There's Tyler Anderson. Um, so I guess let's get to the bullpen side of this because I think this has been like the most – besides the numbers of like Brian Hayes and Kevin Newman and Adam Frazier, like I feel like the unit of the bullpen mm-hmm. has been the most intriguing thing this season. I'm not going to go out and say – it's the Pirates' strength right now. I feel like maybe that the bullpen is maybe the Pirates' best situation they got going on, if you may. Um, but it ha- like this unit, yeah. a lot of guys that there's like there's a real battle going on here. Who's going to make this club in the bullpen? Because there has been some really good performances so far, and again, like some intriguing arms and names in this unit. So, who the hell's making this bullpen this year? I think it's it all comes down to you know do they do they want some of these guys to be starting pitchers in AAA and or do they do they throw some of these people in the bullpen you know like does does Will Crow make the bullpen does Chase DeJong make the bullpen um I I would say right now you know Will Crow is on this team um, it's it's hard to see. Hard I almost feel the also, opposite. I don't know what's happening. Like I don't know what their strategy is going to be. Like, are they gonna are they gonna just go out there and are are they gonna utilize six man rotations? Are they gonna utilize long men a lot in the bullpen to eat some innings? I, I'm not quite sure what they're gonna do. I do like the Trevor Cahill signing because he's at least going to be because he's just another arm. Like he's an he's an arm who can eat away innings, and that's 
that is a valuable tool. That is a valuable thing on this team because that's what they need. Right. Um, so it, you even look at the rotation. I get Brault being injured actually kind of opens up a spot because who knows what's going on there. Um, so he's, he's clearly probably not going to be ready by opening day. He hasn't pitched in a while. So you, you think of what a rotation looks like. <clears throat> You know, does Mitch Keller make this team? Because he hasn't looked great. Um, you know, that's all. That's that's all. All of a sudden, like a question mark. Because out of everybody out there, Mitch Keller's looked the worst. Like, do you? I mean, that's that's a fair you, point. Do you send Mitch Keller to the minors? I don't know. Um, but don't give uh, Nutting any like. <laughs> yeah. He's listening to this podcast it's, right now. He's like, wait a minute, Ben. We can do that, <laughs> right? How many um, more years do you get? But like, right, yeah. Um, but I think like the bullpen is—it's got some interesting people. It's got some people who are performing well in spring training. It's got some people who I think could actually be decent. Like David Bednar has just been getting rave reviews from everybody. He's been so like out. I mean, just he's been the most yeah. incredible looking pitcher right now. Yeah. I mean, he's striking out two batters per inning. He's given up two hits in spring. He's walked one batter. So, like, David Bedner's got to be on the team. And the eye really test care. also. Like, his stuff just looks yeah. filthy. Yeah. So, like, David Bedner needs to be on the team somehow, right? So, you, so there's a spot. Um, Jeff Hartley's going to be on the team. Um, he's He's gotten more experience than those guys, you know, battling for spots. Kyle Crick's going to be on the team, right? Michael Feliz, I believe, is out of options. Yes, right? he is. So Michael Feliz is going to be on the team. Um, Rich Rodriguez going to be on the team. Rich Rodriguez is going to be on the team. So Chris Rep, Stratton is going to be on the team. Stratton makes six. So you have, what, two more spots? <laughs> so and if you're, If you're rolling with a 13-man bullpen, my 13-man staff, Right. So the, we, we just named five people. Sam Howard's on the team. Okay. So you're getting into, <laughs> is Will Crow on this team now? Because think about this, too. So we did, there, so there we, also so we was just, a trade six. for yeah. Dwayne Underwood. Yeah. Which maybe that takes Howard's spot. But like I, I don't know how you can look at Howard and be like, How's he not? You know, I feel like Sam after Howard, last year and like, then yeah, this spring. Yeah, I feel like yeah, after what Howard did last year, like he deserves a spot on the team. Like, sorry, he does. Um, right, and he's like he's not he's not pitching poorly right now, so I, I think he deserves a spot. Um, and yeah, do you do you put Underwood in there as that other, um, like a long man? Yeah. And that's how they said that they would use him. Like he's yeah. not going to start, but they they're intrigued the fact that he can go more than one inning, which is also, as we all know, like for this upcoming season is going to be very valuable, right? Guys can go multiple innings, and you know, just any type of innings you can get out of anybody yeah. right now. But like, I, I think never more. I could see, I could see a lot of like phantom DL stints in the next week. <laughs> you know, like the old, the old Neil that, Huntington, that where could be, true. be like, "Hey, you have a sore elbow." Yeah, wasn't well, saying on the IL. Clay Holmes, you know, other guy. Yeah, I mean, Clay Holmes is on a minor league deal, so I, I think I mean, he's pitched great this spring. 
Uh, he hasn't actually pitched great. The ERA is nice, but you know he's walked three, given five. I mean, it, it kind of depends on how you look at it. Um, I don't think Clay Holmes makes the team. Okay, but if you if you look at those six, what well, we named we named seven people in the bullpen already who mm-hmm. are probably locks. So we're we're talking about one spot. We're talking about one spot for Underwood, DeJong, Crow. Mears, although was Mears reassigned yet? Probably, I don't know. Um, um, I mean, Edgar Santana was. Yeah, I mean Poppins in there too as a as a as another guy. Um, right. So yeah, I. So, so again, uh, just to pivot back here, right? Just to go to the Will Crow situation, like I I, I feel this is probably the guy who's getting squeezed out. Who, also, Brubaker, by the way. Like, does Brubaker make the staff to make the oh, rotation? Yeah, we didn't or... say Brubaker because he listed like he's more of a starter, but he's probably going to be – he's going to be in the bullpen, I feel, of course, unless Brault is injured, then he moves up to the rotation. I, I feel like I feel at like this point – I feel like at this point, Brault hasn't thrown in at least a week. Yeah. He's not uh, – I'm with you. He's he, not going to make the opening he's day He's going to open up on the IL, and, right, and that's where uh, Brubaker slides mm-hmm. into um, the rotation. So, still, like – he. Yes, you're right, but the start of the season he'll be as a starter, so we don't have to really look into him right here. But um, but is Brubaker the guy that slides in, right? Or oh, I see what you're saying. Is it Crow? Is it DeJong? I mean, these guys have been performing very well. Um, that's that's interesting. I guess yeah. I've more or less just assumed it's Brubaker. And again, is Keller in the rotation? See, I feel like you just have to. If, it's it's all. I mean, everything you said is is, is fair. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's reason. Like, there's valid reasons for everything you said. I don't think you know. Right now, he's like, oh my god, Jim's an idiot. I, I mean, it's it's true. <laughs> and, and honestly, like if he was on the Yankees, right? If this wasn't the the 2021 Pirates, this is the Yankees. He's not <laughs> making this club. Probably he's in the minors for reasons. You know, I think because he's mm-hmm. on the Pirates, and just because. I mean, like the situation, like, I just feel like he, he has to, in a sense. I mean, there, there is no true minors for the next month. So it's just, he's in camp. I, I just throw him out there to me. Just, just throw him out there. Even though he hasn't yeah. earned it in spring and all these other guys are earning it in a sense. To me, I just feel like he's making this club like almost regardless, unless he's injured. And I agree with you. Like, I, I don't see, I don't see them optioning Mitch Keller mm-hmm. but again that could be something that they do because to fit it, it would like they could literally just say hey he just hasn't looked good <laughs> like and there are guys work who have out there there are guys who have looked better right um, I mean he's given up 22 hits in eight and a third innings right he has not looked good um and right and like I even tweeted out mm-hmm. his last start that you know, this Mitch Keller looks completely different from last start, which was true at the time of the tweet, which is after the first inning where he actually looked good. And it, yeah. it reverted back to like what we were seeing from the previous mm-hmm. Mitch Keller start in a sense. Um, yeah. yeah. It didn't last too long. No, no, it didn't. Um, so that, I think that is going to be, that is the most interesting piece of this team is what is this pitching staff going to look like? What's the rotation going to look like? 
do they go six guys deep in the rotation? Do they, um, you know, do they, do they utilize piggybacking a lot where they've got two guys going three to four innings, right? Um, right. I, I don't know. I, I'm not really quite sure. I said, I think they're going to have to do something to limit people's innings. So maybe having, you know, a lot of these guys who can start and can throw multiple innings that that may be what they go towards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't, this, this is going to be the most intriguing thing. Yeah. Like in a week from now, mm-hmm. there's gonna be a lot of tough decisions this team has to make on this bullpen. Yeah. So, yeah. so, um, yeah. Cause I mean, based off of what we're looking at now, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of open spots. Cause I, th- I think those guys we mentioned are all, on the team. Fair. Yeah. All right. So we'll just do this real quick because I don't think we need to spend so much time on it, but the pirates did sign Steve Wright to a minor league deal. I mean, this isn't, uh, this isn't like, Oh my God, you know, we got, we got right. We're going to be, this is great. Like, I'm not looking at this as like, uh, you know, even like to the degrees of mm-hmm. uh, Cahill, where like yeah, he could have a season that's pretty decent, and he like becomes trade value. Uh, not so much in this one. You know, I look at this more depth. Mm-hmm. I mean, every team to me, this is the quintessential. Like every team needs arms, so the Pirates got another arm, which is good. But what I will say to this is, this arm is a bit different, Jim. This arm. Throws a knuckleball. To me, this is what's kind of cool and exciting about this. I'm not looking for you know mm. the sign to like, okay, maybe he can pitch well and we can flip him and and get something. I'm just looking like, okay, you know, in July we're probably going to need some more arms. Maybe some trades happen. Maybe there's some injuries. And now we got this knuckleball pitcher. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to see a knuckleball again in, in, in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. No, I mean knuckleballs are always fun. <laughs> there's it's something that you don't see often so when you do it's and you see a good one it's 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 crazy it doesn't i don't understand it how it makes sense from a physics standpoint but they're fun yeah it's always fun to watch knuckleballers the other thing too with knuckleballers is they can basically pitch and their arms never going to fall off so another guy who can who can you know throw some innings um, right like he's the perfect 2021 yeah. pitcher like, like yeah. it's exactly what you're saying. You don't even really have to ever worry about him getting injured. Just go out there and throw. And even if you are injured, mm-hmm. like you could probably throw a knuckleball with a torn UCL. <laughs> right. Like yeah. who cares I mean, if it's to... torn? Just keep pitching. Right. right. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it, it should be fun. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess he hasn't even pitched yet. So I don't know if he makes the club, but he's going to be a depth guy that they will, surely need at some point this year right fully agree okay so i guess we're done with pirates talk let's pivot this we'll pivot a little bit to the pirates but um so go to the royals and of course the similarities are they are a small market team um but they work with windows better than the pirates (laughs) but the royals just extended sal perez to a four-year, what was it? Four years, eighty-two million dollars. Correct, Jim. Is that-, that is correct. 
It's on the ticker here. Yeah. Uh, hasn't gotten to him yet. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think it was 482. 482. All right. So there was a little discussion, you know, behind the scenes about this. It was more you and Ryan than anything. Ryan, Ryan apparently wanted. Ryan doesn't want to talk about baseball anymore, but boy, was he fired up about this one. So <laughs> I felt it'd be good that because you can, you know, you you as well like transition it to the Pirates. So if the Royals, I'll tell you what, I want to see your thunder. Tell tell us a little about your thoughts yeah. on this. I mean, my thoughts are, are you've you've got a guy who has clearly been a staple for your franchise for the better half of a decade now. You know, made his debut in 2011. Um, you saw success with him. He's a multiple time all-star. He's, he's a good defensive catcher. He's, you know, he, he's a Royal, you know, and there, there's not a lot of people out there who are like, we Royals, you know, we're, yeah. But, um, it, like there's not a lot of people out there where if you go, okay, name some players on the Royals, you know, Salvador Perez is one of those people that pops up in your mind. Um, he's, he's been a Royal his whole whole life. It's just kind of been who he is. And, and he, he's, he's one of the better catchers in baseball. Um, analytics, I, I, I feel like are just a little, they're, they're inconsistent on him. I'm like, you know, when I actually saw the deal and then I pulled up his fan graphs page, I was a little surprised to actually see the, like the war numbers on there. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, being a catcher and and being a catcher who can hit actually right i mean he's got power you know with right. the catcher position which you don't really see um very much um but i mean he, he's he's 30 years old it's not like this guy's you know super old i think that you know there used to be this thought and and remember catchers you know their longevity issues with catchers but really that is shown to just be a myth I mean, you see catchers out there all the time who are 37, 38, 39 years old, you know, going out there and, and catching. So um, I'm not I'm not quite sure if I buy the catcher longevity myth anymore. Um, so, I mean, you're looking at someone who, if he continues playing, could be one of the, the you know, he's one of the best players in Royals recent history. Um and yeah, pay the guy. The Royals are a young team right now. They, their 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 whole roster, if you look at it, it's constructed with pre arbitration guys. So this deal isn't hampering them by any means. Like, what does I don't know what this puts their payroll at, but the Royals' payroll this year, this year um, it's like eighty six. But yeah, this doesn't so, go into effect till next year, although either. But he's also his his deal this year. I think he's making. Uh, um, he's making over ten million dollars right now. Um, so you know, you, you, this this goes up by ten million. Mm-hmm. And and I guess my thing is, yeah, if if the Royals can sign one of their franchise players for a four year eighty two million dollar deal, then so can the Pirates. So this kind of just goes back to. Just my absolute hatred for the Andrew McCutcheon deal. <laughs> like I, I this knew, is a deal. Like this is a deal where, like, if the Pirates went to Kutch and was like, "Hey, four years, eighty-two million dollars," he probably would have taken it, and and that would be fine. So, um, and we'd be looking at a team right now with a sixty million dollar payroll. Well, we wouldn't be talking about Brian Goodwin or um, 
or you know Dustin Fowler if they make this team or not. Well, I was gonna say actually we we probably wouldn't because <laughs> at this point we probably would have traded Kutch again anyways. <laughs> right. I mean, seeing what this team is, you know, yeah, sure we would, we would give him that extension, not trade him for Crick at that point of time or Reynolds, but at this point we wouldn't have Crick or Reynolds, we'd have Kutch and would still be in the same situation. We would probably have traded him yeah. by now. So. so- so yeah, so Perez is making thirteen million dollars this year. That's his base salary. Yes, I guess so. Like I kind of get your point here, but to me, I still have a hard time. Like I get roster construction and just like the value of players. And if you are so, so can teams spend more? You know, we spent a lot of time last year and this year too talking about the cheap owners and such. And I fully get like, yes, teams can spend more. Teams have proven it, right? But at the same time, like two things can be true. Like teams can spend more, but also the whole thing about people like want to say like, well, the, you know, the small market team is a myth. There's no such thing as a small market team. Like, no, that does still also apply, you know? And it's kind of like the, the what I was trying to yeah. emphasize on a Denaro's dugout, you know, a few months ago too. It's like, if all the the small markets like revolted, right, and they're all like, screw the profits, we're all going in, we're all spending money. The Yankees and Dodgers aren't going to let that happen. Clearly, they're not going to say, well, well, fine, we're good with second place now. You know, they're just going to also spend more. Don't uh, just let me finish. <laughs> this this isn't me just saying like this can't happen. Like there is a small market team. There's reasons. So the thing about this with the Royals, them investing $20 million a year into a 32, 33, 34, 35-year-old catcher. Is that smart value? Like, I get what you're saying. Like, there's the send them out. There's the catch thing. Let's do it. But if they are going to do that, doubt tells me that they better go ahead and spend money in these next four years in this next window, right? Because if they let that hinder them, then what was the point of this? You know, so when they won the World Series, they did max out about $150 million payroll, okay? $20 million being invested into an aging catcher who, see, and this will say, too, like, he can hit, like, the power's there, but that's it. Like, he, he's a, he has power. He doesn't really have great on base. He doesn't have great average. Like, he hits for decent, decent power. You know, and, the, and since 2013, he's, already, he's only been, like, above average Barely once in the last year in the shortened season, like incredible off season or offensive season. Um, like he just, he hasn't really been the same guy either since like those playoff years for the Royals. So if you're going into this next window, is it really with this aging Sal Perez at $20 million just because he's Sal Perez and just because he's a Royal? I mean, doesn't winning solve everything? Wouldn't I rather use that 20 million? And reallocate it into possibly a Benintendi extension. Like, there's the thing about the worlds too is you want to look at this rebuild. It's funny that the Pirates, like the Pirates, have a better farm than the Worlds. I feel like at this point in time. And if you look at MLB, they've rated the Pirates better. And so this rebuild's just now starting to come up, and it's like the player, like the Benintendis, like the guys are on this club. They only have like about. The, the Whitfields, like they only have about two or three years with those guys. So are they going to plan on extending them as well? Like what are the Royals doing in the next two to three years with this, this, this extension they've given Perez? 
So like to me, that's where it comes into the cut thing as well in a sense. Like just because you have the sentimental value, is it smart for this team to go ahead and do that? It is. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I, well, I do. Thing, like, too, you, I, you I, look I get at your the point, roster but too, I also side right? on like the Ryan side of this, and that's kind of my point of yeah. view too. Like, do you really want to go ahead and invest that $20 million into this 31-year-old catcher who's just kind of been like yeah. there? So here's the thing is, is we could argue all day if Salvador Perez is worth $20 million a year. I, I think we could certainly argue that. I'm not sure if he is, to be honest with you. Um, my point really more to all of this is just if the Royals can do it, so can the Pirates. That's really what I'm saying. Um, it, it, it's... And and it's not necessarily a, like this isn't going to be a hindrance to the Royals. Like they're first off, they're losing a they're losing a bad salary next year. Danny Duffy, fifteen yes. and a half million dollars mm-hmm. is going to drop off the books. So there's fifteen and a half million dollars right there. Um, you know, you still have, yeah. I mean, but but you know, Whit Merrifield, Jorge Soler still have one more year of arbitration. Um, ben Intendi still has one more year of arbitration. What the what they also have, you know, is these young pitchers who are under team control and don't make a lot of money, right? So, yeah, do you do you maybe want that veteran presence catcher to catch this young pitching staff that's coming up too, right? The Royals pitching staff, you know, looks like it could be pretty good for a while now with these young guys that are, that are coming up or they're on the cusp of the majors. Um, so, you know, Perez serves some value there as well. Um, and again, I I. I get that you shouldn't make decisions solely based on like fan bases. Right. But there is value. There is value to having your fan base like you. (laughs) Like (laughs) that's, that's, that is, that is a valuable asset for a team. Right. Like we saw it yesterday. The pirates tweeted out, a video of Ronsi Contreras and yeah. said, you know, he's nasty. And every single comment on that, on that video was, yeah, I can't wait till he's traded to the Yankees by idiots who don't know that the Yankees just traded him to the pirates like two months ago. Right. But right. that's what we're looking at right now as a franchise is you have an, most fans of sports franchises aren't like me and you, Donardo. We don't, they, they don't have podcasts who talk about the team for hours and hours a week. You know, they, they, they watch them every once in a while. They're casual fans. <laughs> what you're right? saying is that the smart ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're casual fans. So the, there's value in having casual fans who like don't hate you and, and don't think that you're just, crooks and you're stealing money from where their right? jersey that they bought five years ago yes exactly so i and like i said i get it you don't make decisions based on a fan base right but at the same time i think it's important and it's valuable to show your fan base every once in a while that like you actually care about them <laughs> so um <laughs> And and that's the thing with the Pirates. The Pirates have shown over really our entire lifetimes that don't get attached to anybody because guess what? Once they get expensive, they're gone. Like that is we that is so ingrained in our minds as Pirates fans that 
the possibility of there being like a pirate for life doesn't even exist. Right. 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 Doesn't even exist. Right. If you, if you want to be a Key Brian Hayes fan, get your Key Brian Hayes jerseys now so you can wear them for the next five to six years. Cause after that, you're not going to be able to, right. Don't buy a Jersey of somebody who's in his first or second year of arbitration. Cause that thing's not going to be worth anything in a couple of years. Cause he's going to be on the Red Sox or the Yankees. Right. Uh, so that's, there's like I said, there's just there's value in having Royals for life, right? Alex Gordon, like the fact that Alex Gordon, you know, how many years has Alex Gordon been been a Royal? And we talked about that, like it that blew my mind how long it was, but it was like yeah. thirteen years or something. Yeah. So like Alex Gordon, thirty seven years old, um, and. I don't know if he Service time, retired 12, or what. Years. But yeah, he, yeah. he retired. I mean, this year. yeah. So like Alex Gordon played his entire career for the Kansas City Royals from 2007 to 2020, when he didn't have to. The Royals could have traded him in 2012 and gotten somebody in return, right? But guess what? They kept him, and they ended up actually winning a World Series with him. So again, it's just it's a different. I, I get the mind. I think that's just the thing. Like as Pirates fans, we have it just ingrained in our minds that we can't keep anybody. So we might as well just trade them and get value. Like yeah. that's, that's what we think. Right. Whereas you don't always have to do that. <laughs> like you can get value in other ways. Cause guess what's going to happen. Guess what's going to happen Denardo? the value that you get for that player you're just going to trade them in a few years anyways. <laughs> when, the Jim, Pirates traded Brian Giles, when the Pirates traded Brian Giles for Jason Bay and Oliver Perez, guess what the Pirates did a few years later? They traded Oliver Perez and, and Jason Bay. So, like, it's just this endless cycle. At some point, can we just stop it and, and have a Pirates star for life? Like, that would just be cool. I'm sorry. Like, it would be cool. <laughs> I... I get, I mean, we could go off of this for forever and we're not going yeah. to, but like, I, I get what you're saying. And I just feel like the, the thing is, it's more of a baseball problem than a pirates problem. Now, there's problems with the pirates. Like, like don't get me wrong. Yeah. There's problems yeah. with the pirates. It's, it is but, a pirates problem for sure, it, again, but it, it's like, also the, a problem for other teams. There yeah. really is a small market, large market thing like that. That is real. It, it exists. It's real. Yeah. So if, if say they get, and this, I don't even want to go down this rabbit hole to be 30 more minutes, but just to say my quick piece here on it, like had they not made that trade for cuts, the problem was it wasn't early enough. The problem was it was too late. Had they not made, but still, even with it being too late, had they not made that trade for cuts, they still have cuts. There's no rentals. There's more crick. They're not winning now. When are they close to winning again? In, in in situations like that, you know, like like think about this. But if, like, uh, and I know your argument, like you said, like the, well, they were going to develop them. Like, like just take it out of places, put everything is in a vacuum. Like, had they traded him a year early, like what if this club is looking at a Giolito on it now? Right, it's been for like the past two years, and he's traded after this year. <laughs> okay, then then we <laughs> okay. I mean, that's that's what that's what it would happen. Like. Giolito would be an arbitration guy soon. He'd be making way too much money, and then they would trade him. All right. I mean, all I right. mean, 
I said at some point, just you have a if you have a superstar that people love, like just keep them around. Like that's it. We heard Michael McHenry talk about it the other day. Like these owners need to figure out how to keep these superstars, and they don't really need to figure it out. They know how to do it. These guys sign them for long term deals. Like if Brian Hayes is going to be the guy, where and I'm not necessarily in favor of a Brian Hayes extension, maybe like right away, like let's mm-hmm. maybe wait a year, you know, before we, before we do that. Um, but I don't know. There, there's, there's just no reason in my mind. And this team would be no different. Actually, the team may even potentially be better. Who knows? Cause it opens. I mean, you never know, but Andrew McCutcheon is just as good of a player as Brian Reynolds right now. If not better. You know, just because of his on-base percentage, he's still pretty, really, he's still a really good on-base guy. Um, so, does the team really change there? No, but you have Andrew McCutcheon out in the outfield that people love, and they wear his jersey around town, and they don't hate your team for trading him. Yeah. Again, we're not talking about like the we're not talking about the the fans who understand the decision right because you know i can see it that way right from a business standpoint the trade made sense we're talking about the casual fans the fans who fill the ballpark right most most fans who fill the ballpark aren't us right they're they're people who want to go and watch a baseball game and have a good time um those fans wanted would rather see andrew mccutcheon out there than brian reynolds just a fact um especially if you'd be looking at of Andrew McCutcheon in his 12th year with the Pirates right now. True. Yeah, I, 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 this is more – I know you wanted to, to say your piece we, on we that. We can talk about this forever. I, I can yeah. – you know, we, yeah, we could definitely go back and forth on this forever. You know, to me – and maybe it is just that. Like, I can – I don't know. You know, maybe it more is the fact that just me growing up watching the Pirates and, and having more of an understanding of that path. And like you said, just being ingrained and feeling like that, that that's the way, maybe, maybe that's part of it. Um, you know, uh, to me though, ultimately it's, it's about winning. And if it makes more sense to win without a Sal Perez and allocate those dollars somewhere else into a, a younger, you know, maybe a Ben attendee and, and get younger and get better. I would rather see that. Like, uh, sorry, Sal, I appreciate your time. It was great. You were a fantastic Royal, but I want to win again. And, but at the same sense, then you get to the Tampa Bay Rays model. And it's like, that's like the other extreme of it. Like they're the super, super extreme of that. And at the same sense, that's also not good because at least the Pirates, you can wear the Jersey for four years, you know, with the Rays, you barely get one and a half. So, right. you know, like the extreme of that is the Royals and, and that I don't want even being having, like, even having that ingrained in my head as a pirate fan, as you mentioned, right. With that, the way of working. So I, I can understand your point of view. I think, right, it just goes down to, you just, I guess, got to find a way to do both. Keep keep an Andrew McCutcheon while also, also creating a, a team around him for a while. I just, I, I think that's where you struggle with the small market aspect. So I don't know. I don't know. I can't get creative enough to really fix that problem, I guess. Other than just having more money. And I, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. So. All right. Well, I guess we'll end it there. Um, sounds good. Sounds good. We'll be back tomorrow. North Shore 9, NS9 Live. We'll do our over and unders for the NL. 
and uh, we'll see y'all then. Bye-bye. Later.